0: Welcome to the Numa Church Podcast. For more information on all things Numa, please contact us on our website Numa.church. Now get ready for another inspirational message.
1: And so today I'm going to conclude a series that I started last year. It was just something that I felt God say at the end of the year to the beginning of the year, like turning a page is positioning ourselves for greater in God. So last week, I, the title of my sermon was Don't Settle. We spoke about a little-known character in the book of Genesis, a man named Terah. Tira was Abraham's father, a descendant of Noah. Um, you know, He was a man who God had put a vision on his heart to leave from where he had known Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan, the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. He was a man that had settled for a long time, took the very first step to go out, but settled. Settled at a place called Haran and ultimately didn't see the fullness of God. And we spoke about it, that can be very reflective of many believers, people that, you know, start on fire for God. God, I will go to the very ends of the earth. But along the journey, we start to compromise little by little and ultimately end up settling for so much less than what God has. See, we understand that there is blessing in the journey, not just the destination. And that our focus, our posture, our position should be one of looking ahead and no longer looking back. And what an intentional time, 2020, a new year, a new decade, a new season, new opportunities where I feel God is saying, let go, let God. One thing that I felt prophetically, God gave me a picture, something that you know, for for the first year I really felt God really speak into the areas of hurt because I know that like us, there are many of us in this house that have come to Numa broken and hurt from things that have happened in the past, whether it be at past churches, past hurts. But I felt God give me this picture like literally turning a page and to say that no longer will be a church that will look back, but there will be a church that will look forward. God has taken care of the past. So one thing that you won't hear me talk a lot about anymore is about the past anymore because I've left that in the last decade. And for us as a house, this is our season to move forward into what God has for the future. And so the new year is a new page. It's a new chapter, but it's in the same journey. And one that requires us to continue with another opportunity to follow where God leads you. And so today I've titled the, the, my sermon, The Journey Continues On. And I'm going to ask that you turn to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 9. It will appear on the screen behind me. This is literally the very next chapter from what we read last week in the story of Tirah. The word of God says, The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot, all the possessions that had accumulated and all the people that had acquired in Herod, and they set out for the land of Canaan. And they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh at Sheshem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram Abraham set out and continued toward the Negev. What I love about this scripture is that this happens immediately after Abraham's father, Terah, had decided to settle. And yet when God asks Abraham, he doesn't mention Terah. He doesn't say, hey, do, don't do what your dad did. He actually gives him a new opportunity, a clean slate. And I feel prophetically for many of us, sometimes we live in what has been on us generationally, but our God is a, is a curse breaker. The sums of what have happened in the generations before, in one moment of time, in one moment of obedience can be broken off. God will not bring up your past, but he will give you every single opportunity to step in what he has for your future. And so here, God speaks. God spoke to Abraham. When he speaks, there is no doubt. There is no ambiguity. It is just simply clarity. When he tells Abraham, go. The reality is that in the journey, there will be challenges. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, when we commit to live a life, to seek after what God has for us, that doesn't mean there are going to be an absence of storm. That doesn't mean there will be an absence of challenge. But what it does mean is that as you press into God, you are under His covering. You are in His security. You are safe in His hands. But more than that, whenever God speaks, it does require sacrifice. Verse 1 The Lord had said to Abraham, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land that I will show you. He basically said to Abraham, Leave everything you've ever known, leave the comfort of what your father had settled for, leave it and go. God says, Go and I will show. But for many of us, we have settled to show and then I'll go. But that's not faith. Faith is saying, I will go and I will let you show. And so, what are some things that as we enter into 2020, what are some things that God is challenging you to leave behind? Perhaps it's habits. Perhaps it's distractions. Perhaps it's thoughts about yourself, thoughts about others. Perhaps it's toxic relationships. What is God challenging you to leave behind as you enter into the new season of what God has for you? See, the journey requires faith. Hebrews 11.8 says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Abraham exchanged the known for the unknown. I once heard it said, Abraham didn't know where he was going, but he knew where he couldn't stay any longer. And I remember six years to the day, there was that moment for me where I felt God saying, I want you to go into the unknown. And I didn't know where I was going, but I knew where I couldn't stay any longer. It was that time where I had you know, studied for three years, got my youth work degree, had worked in a career that I had loved and I had so much passion for. And in one moment of time, God called me and challenged me to leave all that behind, to step into an area of church that I wasn't even familiar with. If I can be honest with you, church, I was asked to join as an assistant training and discipleship pastor where we were talking about leading, building studies for our life groups and yet there were some books in the Bible I didn't even know existed. It's like, who's in the whom? Habakkuk. That sounds horrible. It sounds a little bit uh, you know, rude as well. Anyway, <laughs> there's so many things that I didn't actually know. But I knew one thing for certain, that I couldn't stay anymore in the role that I was at. People thought I was a little bit crazy because in the, in the role that I was in, I was working for local government, it paid great, it was pretty autonomous, um, You know, and, and, and it was getting results. But yet something in my heart, there was a holy discontent yeah. where for me, it had become a routine. I knew the formula of working after young person after young person. It had become a routine and I felt God challenge. And it didn't make sense in the natural. See, the reality is that when God calls you out, a lot of the time it does not make sense in the natural. I used to always say, God, I don't need the platform. I don't want the platform, God. But God is saying, I'm not calling you to the platform. I'm calling you to follow me. I'm calling you to go. I'm calling you to leave everything you've ever known to trust me. Will you trust me? And there was such a distance between the logic and the heart. But when you're in intimacy with God, when you trust God, when God touches your heart, even though the logic tells you it doesn't make sense, you trust that somehow God is in it. And so I made that decision. I made a decision-based, a spirit-led decision, not an emotional-based decision. Often when we make decisions out of emotion, we live with the consequence that catches up. I love to call it lightning and thunder. Sometimes we make a decision based out of emotion, then the reality and the impact of the decision hits us, and you're like, like thunder, it knocks us down. But a spirit-led decision is one that in prayer, in submission with those people that are godly people around you that can speak into your life, you make one out of faith and trusting in God. And so why is it important for us, a question we must ask ourselves is, why is it important to step out in faith as you dream into 2020? Well, for me, what we learn from the scripture is that faith brings God's response. See here, God's response was very clear. Again, no ambiguity We read, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who curse you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. It was clear. The I will, there was such a power in the I will. And the beautiful thing about the scripture here is that there is a sevenfold structure of blessing that God speaks to Abram. Starting off with, I will make you a great nation. Interesting that in the scripture before, the writer decides to put in in Genesis 11.30 that Abram's wife, Sarah, was barren and could not conceive children. And yet here, the very first thing that God says to Abraham is, go and I will make you a great nation. See, faith literally brings life to what is impossible. And so then we see, I will bless you. What does that mean? Well, it means that we will never go without It means that there is an abundance in our heart, in our soul, in our mind. God is not just a physical God. God is a provider of all our very needs. But more than just that, he's not more than just what we want. God is a provider of all that we need and and even more. See, the land, Canaan was the land flowing with milk and honey, was far greater than the land of Haran where they were living at the time. And then it goes on to say, I will make your name Great. What that means is that as we step out in faith and obedience, God will provide favor in our lives wherever we go. What that means is that our identity is secure in him. What that means is that I don't need to turn to Instagram, to Facebook, to the the media, to the news, to tell me what I'm not. I already know what I am and whose I am. That means that wherever I go, there is influence. That means wherever I go, there is authority. That means that each and every one of us, as we press into God... Our identity is set and secure in Him. And ultimately, that honor, that worship goes back to Him. Then we hear, you will be a blessing. So it's not just about us. When we step out in faith, when we step out in trust for what God has, it actually means that we leave a mark wherever we go. That means that wherever you go in your workplaces, in your homes, in your schools, wherever it is, it means that, All the people around you are all the better for having you in their lives as a result of you trusting God. Then we go into, we'll bless those who bless you. Blessing permeates. Your household, your sphere of influence is blessed. You find that people around you, when you share with people, you encourage people, you actually speak life into other people. You know, the the, the incredible thing, Matthew 5 tells us that we are the light of the world. What does light do? It attracts, it attracts people. When I think of the whole concept of a lighthouse, and I think you know of a ship that's coming into shore that might be a bit lost, what does that light do? It brings hope and brings people towards someone. So when I hear this scripture that he, you will be blessed, you will bless others, I will bless those who bless you, what that means is that for those people in our lives, when they come, they encounter um, just a moment with you, they leave off better as a result of that. And then he talks about curse those who curse you. Now, In the new covenant, we know that when Jesus died on the cross, that brought salvation and forgiveness for all those who believe. But what I feel that this scripture for us as a church, as we go into 2020, what this means is that God will fight our battles for us. What that means is that I will no longer need to justify myself because I know that God is with me, but it does mean that I need to let go of hurt. It does mean that I need to let go of unforgiveness. It does mean I need to let go of bitterness and trust that God... He's fighting those battles for me. Yeah. God takes care of others. And I love how Jesus on the cross, his very last words, before it is finished, his father forgive them for they not know what they do. That exemplifies right now that even the son of God in the greatest seed you know, gave off to, to God the father to take care of the battle in that moment in time. I'll tell you what, when you live a life free of bitterness, free of unforgiveness, it's such a joyful and freeing life. It's, it's, it's such a powerful life to live where you know that no longer anyone's, I guess, things that have hurt you before, they're not going to hold you back anymore. There is such freedom in letting go of those things. Yeah. And then lastly, all peoples on earth will be blessed. Again, you know, this is something that Abram never lived to see. You know, he died long before he got to see the impact of what his obedience and faith had. He literally impacted the world. And whenever you live to the full and you trust God in your journey and what you do, you actually leave an impact that lasts generations to come. It's so powerful to see so many of the incredible people that have gone before us who are just simple, ordinary people just like us who just trusted in God with the little that they had. And the beautiful thing that even God shows us in nature that out of a simple little seed... Literally, something big can be formed. Something great can be formed. And so as we read these things, the declarations of blessing should inspire faith within us. But faith on its own is simply not enough because faith requires obedience. See, verse 4 tells us, so Abram left. He left. He didn't, he didn't question. No hesitation. No porky pig. Be, 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 be. No, no, no. He just literally got up and he left. Simple as that. He got up and he left. Why? Because he trusted. Trust comes from knowing God. Trust, uh, knowing God comes through intimacy. Well, intimacy is that prayer time. It's that journaling time. It's that time pressing in to hear more of God, but pressing in to give more to God from our heart as well. You know, I shared with, with you last week about for me, I used to look at it as like ticking a box. I've got to read 10 chapters today. I've got to pray for two and a half hours and I've ticked the box. Whereas now, you know, for me, it's kind of like when I have a daddy date with my kids. Like I'll read a section of the scripture. Sometimes it's four verses. Sometimes it's 40 verses. It doesn't matter the amount. It's the posture of the heart. And I look to seek what is the gold in that? What is God speaking in that? And then my prayer is simply, first of all, giving, like as we read, Jesus gives us the blueprint. Our Father in heaven, giving credit to where credit's due, honor and worship where honor and worship is due, thanking God for everything that I have, positioning, yes, the needs of my heart, but actually asking God today, in this day, as I go to work or as I go wherever I am going, God, what can I do to be the vessel, your hands and feet in this season for other people? It doesn't have to be complicated. It's really as simple as just crying out to God as you go to work. God, I give this day to you. Have your way. But then what I love about Abraham is that at that moment, he didn't question, he didn't hesitate But he also took his family. As the leader of his household, he made a decision, we're not going to stay in comfort anymore. I'm going to take my family with me because I know that God is greater for my family. He led. See, we're called to be thermostats, not thermometers. A thermometer, it reads what the temperature is, which today is very cold in here. Sorry about that. The heaters are very on and off here. But anyway, I digress. But what they do, the thermometer just reads the atmosphere and just does what the, the majority of that temperature is, whereas a the thermostat sets, sets the temperature. Abraham was the thermostat. He said, we are going to be a family of faith and obedience. We are going to be a family. You watch. Trust in God and you are going to see what's going to be greater. And you're going to look back and go, gee, I wish I had gone sooner. Gee, I wish I had gone when Tira was still here. Because you know what? There is so much more abundance here. He led. And so for us, when we step into our goals for 2020 and we put, God, God, what are you saying for me? It's not just for me, but for my family. Families observe. Families will always observe. Friends will always observe, they they might not say anything, but people are always watching how we lead. And the cool thing about faith is that faith doesn't question. When the rest of the world will tell you you're crazy, faith tells you, no, 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 God is in this, I trust in him, and he's in control. We'll see who'll be laughing. He who laughs last, laughs best. And I'm pretty sure that Abraham got a lot of a laugh by the time he got to the promised land. So then, church, I ask you again: What have you been holding off? That now is the time to step up. Twenty twenty. What an intentional time! What an intentional season to step into what God has for you. Now is the time for you to have your went moment. Abraham went. Mary went. I'm making up names here. John went. Juan. We're going to Latin American example. Whatever your name is, put your name in that went. This is the opportunity for you to have that went moment. This is the opportunity in your legacy, in your life, to look back and say, in 2020, I decided no more am I going to settle for hay run and comfort, but I am going to step out, and I went. This is your moment. What have you been holding off, church? What can you trust God with? Often, you know, it's funny because now as a parent of a very opinionated and big attitude young girl. Um, my, my daughter's four going on 45. She's telling me how it is all the time. Often there are gifts or things that I have for her that are greater than what she has in her hand. But what she does is, no, I'm not going to give you this. I'm like, if only you give me this, I've got something better for you. All right, I'll go give it to Judah. And then she's like, oh, no, no, give it to me. But we do the same with God. No, no, God, I've got this. I'm comfortable. I'm like, because I've got bigger and better for you. Trust me. Trust me. Be vulnerable. Trust me in faith. Give me what you have and I will give you so much more. What is it that you will trust God with this year? The first step is always the hardest, but the journey is now. The best years are ahead of us. And so Abram made the journey with his family and made it to the destination. But it didn't end for Abram there. See, reaching our goals is not the end result, but it's the opportunity to keep aiming higher and pressing on. Verses 6 and 7 we read, Abram traveled through the land as far as the, side of the great, uh, site of the great tree of Moreh at Sheshem. At the time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. See, Abram could have stopped the moment he set foot in Canaan. He could have done what his father did you know what? I've made it here. God said, you're going to get me here. That's it. I'm finally here. I don't need to do anymore. But no, the word tells us that he kept going. He realized, well, God, your promises are true. I've already seen how good you are. There is more. I want to see more. I'm going to keep going in the land. And so he went. He traveled through. And what I love is that as he traveled through, God honored his faith, saw that he still kept going, that he showed him more. He revealed to him more. He could now tangibly see. See, the Bible tells us that the Canaanites were living in that land, but God, he showed Abram, one day this is going to be your land. He could now tangibly see that. And so the more we step out, the more that God reveals, and the more that God reveals, the more that dreams, what seem like pipe dreams, actually look like reality. And it rises something up. It rises something up. And so, church, God has such big plans for each and every one of us in 2020. But big plans require small steps. Often, like I said earlier, we're like, God, show, and then I'll go. But God is saying, go, and then I'll show. And the image that God gave me as I was preparing this is kind of like when you you go hiking. I'm scared of heights. I don't know why God was giving me this example because I'm petrified of heights. But as you climb up a mountain... Every single step that you take, you start getting more and more focus of the land around you. And then you finally get to the summit and you get to see the beauty of everything that's around you. And I felt like God say, well, that's kind of like our faith journey. That every single step we take in faith, we start seeing more and more and more. And when I say more and more, it's not more things that he will give us. It's not just about that. But as you actually press into your journey of faith, you start realizing that God has used you to make an impact in so many people's lives. That it's never been a coincidence where you've been, where you are, where you're going. It starts bringing clarity. It starts bringing perspective with every single step. step but it does require us to take that step. But many of us, we stay at the bottom uh, of the mountain and we look up and we like, we're overwhelmed. thinking I want to get to the top, but it's virtually impossible. But God is just saying, go. Take the first step. There will be challenges. Yeah, you will fail at times. But your life is not determined by how you fail. You know, as uh, Thomas Edison said, uh, you know, I, failed ten, I didn't fail 10,000 times, I just found 10,000 ways not to do it. You know, I'm, I'm one for a cheesy line, you know, fail, fail his first attempt in learning. You know, I've heard my favorite Michael Jordan, um, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty close in how I, no, I can't play as good as Michael Jordan. <laughs> Let's be honest, I don't want to be a liar in 2020, but one of his famous things that I love reading is he talks about how, you know, he had many opportunities to win a basketball game, but he didn't, but he said, I failed over and over again, that is why I succeed. So you know what, you might have tried to climb that mountain and you've fallen down to the ground. Well, 2020, it's a new day, it's a new opportunity, you get back up, you walk back up, God, I trust you, I'm going to go there with you, I'm going to try again, I'm going to try again, I'm going to try again. And you watch that as you keep going, people watch. They'll see your character. They will see that when you have every reason to despise God, when you have every reason to be angry at God, you still praise, you still worship, and then they'll want to know why. And that speaks louder than me going to the steps of Flinders Street and preaching. The very power of character and testimony speaks far greater than the words, especially if you speak words and don't back them up in your own life. But then what, I, what, what else really inspires me about this scripture is that Abraham's response wasn't, oh yeah, my man, I'm the man right here, I made it. No, no, his, his response was, I'm going to build an altar and I'm going to worship God. Oh, yeah. This would not have been possible if it wasn't for God. The posture, the attitude of worship. Let us always keep a sweet spirit of worship. Even in the times that are hard. Even in the times that are hard. Let's give to God irrespective of what we receive or don't receive. Yeah, let us just always worship God. Let, him, let us give him that praise. And you'll see, I tell you what, circumstances build character. Mm-hmm. And character is what changes the world. God deserves our honor. The journey will always carry on. Church, dare to dream. Dare to dream. God is not the God of just enough. God is a God of more than enough let us never stop seeking God in everything that we do ne- let us never stop wanting to learn and grow never s- let us settle for a life just about me but actually thinking what part can i play in changing the communities around me you know i, I mentioned last week as well i, I had the incredible privilege a couple of weeks ago, I was heading over to our uh, Christmas party at our Soul Kitchen. Uh, for those that are new with us, we, we, we run what's called Soul Kitchen. It's a soup kitchen uh, for those that are homeless, at risk of homelessness, or just isolated out in uh, Braybrook. And it started off in 2018 with just two people. When I went, we actually had over 100 people that came along. And in that, in that day, what actually happened was the generosity of you as a church, uh, who actually bought gifts for people that you have never met. I got to witness actually people getting those gifts. But it was just incredible to think, it was incredible to see just these people, prayers being answered for people that had nothing on Christmas because someone stepped out in obedience. A lot of the times when we take that first step, we may never see the impact that we have, but let me tell you, the impact of our faith and our obedience makes a ripple effect in the communities around us. God didn't position Newman Church West in St. Albans just to be stuck in an auditorium at Victoria University. No matter how great it has served us, God has positioned us here to be a beacon of hope, light and influence for the communities around us. But for a lot of us, because we haven't taken those first steps. And by that, it doesn't mean that you've got to go and serve at Soul Kitchen. No, it might simply mean acknowledge your neighbor. It might simply mean acknowledge a work colleague. It might simply mean being a thermostat in a toxic environment to bring change in a culture. That's all it, that's all it requires, yeah. trusting God. Okay. Nothing great. And it's not just you know, the person on the platform, but each and every one of us are given that opportunity and called to go. Yeah. And so our faith and obedience draws a line in the sand that influences our values and our convictions. See, what we do now will leave a lasting legacy for generations to come. I'm going to invite the band to come up. See, Abraham's decision, his decision to not stop and to go on that journey literally changed the world as we knew it. See, we read in Acts chapter 7, verses 2 to 5, where Stephen says, Brothers and fathers, hear me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran and said to him, Go out from your land and from your kindred and go into the land that I will show you. Then he went out from the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Haran. And after his father died, God removed him from there into this land in which you are now living. Yet he gave him no inheritance in it, not even a foot's length, but promised to give it to him as a possession and to his offspring after him, though he had no child. See, this is over a thousand years ago. When Stephen, the very first martyr, was actually speaking to the early church, He was actually saying, you are here because over a thousand years ago, it was a man named Abraham who God called out, didn't show him at that point in the land. Heck, he couldn't even have kids. So you know what? There was no uh, physical possibility of that coming to pass. And yet Abraham went and we are now here. I am now sharing the good news of the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ as a result of someone's faith and obedience over a thousand years ago. And now we are here as a church as a result of that thousands of years ago. We still read and hear about one man's step and trust in an almighty and an all-powerful God. Somewhere a bit closer to home, the legacy of our church, you hear me talk about it a lot. But 95 years. This year, Newman Church turns 95 years. I'll tell you what, we're a pretty good-looking bunch for 95 years old. Some more than others, I guess. Oh no, okay. Horrible. I get a laugh out of that. I was going to say get an amen, but clearly. Face only your mother could laugh. Right, mum? Can see Mum over. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, oh man, it's self-loathing. Look, at fishing for compliments, I'm getting nothing. But 95 years ago, we had a man named C.L. Greenwood. From all reports, hearing the history of who he was, this was a man of few words. He's a very quiet, sort of reserved, introverted kind of a guy. But one day, God put on his heart to see a move of God in his community. So you know what he just decided? You know, He, he met uh, a traveling evangelist, A.C. Valdez, and... Um, I just said, hey, you know what, let's just, I felt God's put on my heart to have a, a prayer meeting. Now, I'm pretty awkward getting on stage. You see, why don't you lead that prayer meeting? And then that's known as the Sunshine Revival. That was just up the road in Sunshine. It just started off as, as a dream, as something that God had put in his heart for a community, became a, a revival, it became a, a prayer meeting that was overflowing. You know, the, the history tells us that literally people were lining up our to try to get into that. How awesome would that be if we had a Numa Church West prayer power service where people were lining in and trying to do whatever they could to get into a prayer meeting to get to the feet of Jesus. And out of that, they outgrew Sunshine Hall within a month or so. Then they moved to Paran. Then they moved to Richmond, Numa Church, city campus has been there since. And now again, he's influencing not only just in Melbourne, but we've got Bangkok, Numa Church, Perth, launching next year. But how awesome is that? The power of God, the extraordinary out of the ordinary. Just one man that's like, God, I trust you. And God's like, good, that's all I need. I don't need the most talented, I need the most willing. So 2020, what does that look like for you? What are the dreams that God has put on your heart? You know what? They might seem seem impossible. But with God, all things are possible. He has put those seeds in your heart because there is no one else in the western suburbs of Melbourne that could do a better job than what you could in the sphere that God has placed you. What are you believing for in 2020? Again, dare to dream. When God puts some ridiculous things in our heart, it's, it's a sign that only he can do that. <laughs> I mean, I, I've heard testimonies, seen testimonies of my own life, where really it was only the grace of God that got me through certain trials in my life. So what are you believing for? Let me challenge you, beyond just a Sunday, let's just position ourselves every day to hear what God has to speak. But beyond hearing, what steps can you take? What steps will you take? As we heard before, God says, go, then I will show. What does your go look like? What do you need to obey God in? What do you need to trust God in? And most importantly, one thing that for me, every every year when I reflect and I plan the new year, the question that I ask God is, God, well, you've positioned me in this season of the narrative of life in history. What legacy will I leave behind that will point back to your goodness? That even if long forgotten, people forget who David Fuentes is, I don't care, but if they know the goodness of God in that season, what legacy is that? So church, I'm going to invite everybody to be upstanding.
0: Thank you for joining us for this message today.